Another prominent transfer portal entrant will visit Missouri this weekend. Plus, let's talk more about the quarterback position and the remote possibility that true freshman Jabari Johnson is the starter this fall. All this and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And you know what, quickly here, as we get started, I want to give a quick 40th birthday, happy good wishes out to Eli Drinkwitz. Yes, the man is now 40 years old. He's now officially a man, according to Mike Gundy. That joke never gets old to me. I'm sorry, folks. But as you know, I may know if you're a everyday listener of this podcast, I turned 40 a little earlier this year myself. So the fact, by the way, that the Missouri football coach is technically younger than me, Still having a tough time wrapping my head around that one, even in season four here of the Drinkwitz era. But you know what? Let's start with talking a little bit of basketball here before we get to the quarterback discussion. And speaking of the 40s, well, Kobe Brown now moved up as the number 43rd ranked prospect, according to Jonathan Givney, anyway, of ESPN.com, a real prominent NBA mock draft guy. Well, has him as the 43rd overall pick of the draft. And, well, if those, if those projections are relatively accurate, the odds of Kobe Brown not returning to Missouri, well, they're, going, they're getting pretty high, I'd say, at this point. I, once again, I really believe that the more teams talk to Kobe Brown and get to know him as a person, that's going to help his prospects. It's not going to hurt him whatsoever. And a lot of NBA mock drafts at this point, a lot of it's not only a reflection of Jonathan Givney's opinion, really the lion's share of it is really more of a reflection of what actual GMs and sources around the league are telling him. So in my opinion, I think there's a good chance that Brown's stock actually goes up here, not down. Because when he gets measured out, I think he's going to measure out pretty well. A solid six nine and a half, something like that, in shoes. If I had to guess, that's just based on me actually looking up at Kobe Brown, which doesn't happen to me a whole lot, folks. He's he's legitimately a very very tall six nine, even six ten in shoes. I would say. Plus, just the fact that he's not an above-the-rim player, well, I think NBA scouts are already well aware of that. And in fact, I think maybe the biggest concern for Brown is who does he guard defensively? Because offensively, I think his game will transfer to the NBA just fine as long as he's able to still keep knocking down three-pointers at a high clip, as he did at Missouri this past season in a number of different ways, by the way. That's why... I mostly think it's real. The good free throw shooting is a big part of that as well. But I do think it's a fair question to wonder who Kobe Brown guards at the next level. That might be a challenge for him. On the other hand, again, while I don't think and I well, I know, frankly, that Brown doesn't exactly have above-the-rim serious NBA type, that type of explosive athleticism, I do think that side-to-side, 
he's quick enough that he can actually switch out on a lot of guards and hold his own more or less. Now, you know, let's face it, one-on-one, you're talking about superstar players in this league. There's really nobody who can guard those guys one-on-one. So what are we really talking about here at a certain point? In my opinion, again, I think obviously I want Brown back, but I think the chances of him leaving are a lot higher than some Missouri fans would like to admit. But regardless whether Brown is back or not, certainly Missouri is looking to add more veteran players in the transfer portal. A new guy to add to that, well, former Iowa State guard Caleb Grill, who was somewhat mysteriously kicked off of the Cyclones team at the end of the season. Actually, Grill didn't play against Missouri in that January ball game in the Big 12 SEC Challenge because of injury, but again, very mysteriously, Grill apparently said something stupid at some point and got kicked off the team for it. What he said, I have absolutely no idea, but he apologized and said he had been going through some some tough times mentally and all that stuff, but apparently whatever he said is not bad enough to scare away West Virginia and Missouri, who are going to be hosting him reportedly. This is from the Portal Report, by the way, is reporting this. Well, apparently Caleb Grill, a a knockdown three-point shooter from Iowa State, making a visit to Missouri. Now, Along with Grill, well, Tamar Bates, former St. Louis area player, guard, a guy Conzo Martin was after back in the day, Indiana player, of course, Jamarian Sharp, the Western Kentucky big guy, apparently is still on the Missouri radar, although I will say I'm not really sure what to make of Sharp's recruitment at this point. He was a Mizzou, assumed to be a Mizzou lock at one point last year during the transfer portal process. So at this point, I'm just not really sure what to make of any of it because, well, it's been kind of radio silence, apparently, from Sharp and his camp. There's not really much to say there. Now, as for Caden Shedrick, the kid from the, originally from, from North Carolina, played at, at Virginia for three years, he's a really interesting piece to me. And the, the Flipowski guy from Duke, the fact that, well, Duke was one of his main one of the main guys after one of the main teams, I should say, after Shedrick. Well, I think that gives Mizzou a better chance because obviously playing time getting to be a little bit of a problem there in 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 Durham. Apparently, a top ten type recruit for Duke is now asking out of his commitment because of Flipowski's. Is it Flipowski, Flippikowski? I'll just call him Flipper. Flipper says he's coming back. There's a top 10 type guy that's asking out of his commitment to Duke. So to me, this is probably good news as far as Mizzou and their chances for the Shedrick kid from Virginia, who is a really, really interesting big guy, really good defensive player and good around the rim as well. Also, another name to add to the fold here, potentially, this is all speculation here, but a pretty obvious sort of connecting of the dots here. According to 24-7 Sports, Florida State forward Matthew Cleveland is going to be entering the transfer portal. And, well, if if it sounds like he fits the Dennis Gates mold of a long athletic wing, well, it's probably because C.Y. Young apparently recruited him to Florida State. So an obvious, obvious connection there. And I'd say Matthew Cleveland, a guy who averaged nearly 14 points a game, Seven rebounds, shot 35% from three. I mean, again, as I've said time and time again here, if you're an everyday listener, the portal is just an ever-evolving process and will continue to be. So 
If you're worried about Missouri losing out on Caleb Love, for instance, well, there's probably going to be a lot of options out there for a, a team with a coach that's really well thought of like Dennis Gates and a team that just made the NCAA tournament and has a lot of potential for next season as well. So Missouri, long story short, is going to have options. And now let's move to more of my favorite topic, the Missouri starting quarterback position for 2023. Come on, be honest. You can't get enough of it either. And it truly is that important. Not only is the quarterback position always paramount in importance, but in particular, well, this is a really important season for Eli Drinkwitz and company. So could it be possible that the true freshman Jabari Johnson actually takes the ball? Maybe not game one, but at some point this season becomes the full-time starter. Well, some people are going to say it's impossible, but I think those people are completely wrong, and I want to explain why. But first, grand slams, no hitters, double plays. Oh, they're all back, baby, and there's no better time to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And I tell you, the Cardinals got a big time win last night. They really needed one, didn't they? I got to say. But tonight, Jack Flaherty on the mound. What do you think? Minus 168. Can the Cardinals do it again? They're not exactly playing great baseball right now, so I don't know that I love the value there. But regardless, don't miss on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Over on Twitter yesterday, at Locked On Mizzou, and by the way, you can find me everywhere on social media. It's that simple, at Locked On Mizzou, including on TikTok now as well. Although, no dancing from me just yet. You'll just have to wait for that. But seriously, over on Twitter yesterday, I asked... Who do you want to be Mizzou's starting quarterback in 2023? And I put the emphasis on want, just for this particular question. And over 100 people voted on this particular poll, and the overwhelming winner with two-thirds of the vote was Sam Horn. 66% wanted him, 22% wanted Jake Garcia, 8% Brady Cook, and just 4% Jabari Johnson. And I will say, if you're one of those people who voted for Sam Horn, well, I think last season, I think the coaching staff wanted Horn to start possibly from day one. 
but clearly they don't think he's ready yet. Not only did he never actually start last season, obviously, for one thing, despite the fact that, well, Cook was obviously compromised with his shoulder injury to at least some extent last season. Well, this offseason, Drinkwitz, the new man, Eli Drinkwitz, went out and got a starting quarterback that, well, I shouldn't say, well, a former starting quarterback at the University of Miami. Not a guy who is a depth piece. As Drinkwitz explained to us, he wasn't just going to add somebody to get some more depth in the room, for instance. No, he was going to add a piece if he thought that guy could potentially start. So that tells me that they weren't 100% sold on Horn or, or Cook, obviously, for that matter. But I think all of the Missouri fans just expecting that Sam Horn is going to show up next year and be great immediately. Well, I hope you're right, but a lot of that is just based completely on blind faith and what, a couple pass attempts against New Mexico State last season? I'm not really sure what everybody's basing all all of their faith on Horn at this point. I, I hope he's great. No doubt he's got a talented right arm. But my point here is that, like Brady Cook, like Jake Garcia, Sam Horn has really proven nothing, to be honest with you. So how can you completely rule out Jabari Johnson next year? I understand the instinct. Hey, he wasn't here for spring football. He's a true freshman. He's almost certainly going to redshirt, right? Well, I would agree with you. If I were a betting man, I'd say the odds of him redshirting this year about, oh, I don't know, 90%, maybe a little bit higher even. But what about that 10%? It's not as though that's an impossible scenario because even if, again, you want to say it's a long shot, fine. But again, none of these guys are a sure thing to be a starting quarterback this season. They all have their own question marks. Cook, just injury-wise, number one, regardless of what you think of him as a player, that labrum injury to his throwing arm, any type of shoulder injury there, that's worrisome if you're a quarterback, period. Much more so than even an elbow injury, by the way. By the way, speaking of elbow injuries, just in case you were wondering, Horn was throwing footballs during spring practice, but he hasn't thrown a baseball. He hasn't pitched, at least, for Missouri since February 12th when he left that game with an apparent elbow injury. I kind of doubt at this point you're going to see Horn throw a baseball for the Tigers again this season. So, with all that being said, I just don't see how you can, once again, completely rule out Johnson. The guy's a four-star player. He's a real talent. And despite the fact that he's going to be very, very inexperienced and very raw, well, again, what is the evidence that Sam Horn is not raw at this point? He's had one season with the Tigers, very little experience whatsoever. And my real point here is not that I really know anything in particular about Jabari Johnson or Sam Horn or Jake Garcia, for that matter. I'm a lot more comfortable with what Brady Cook brings to the table. But again, make or break type season for Eli Drinkwitz this year. If he thinks this kid is going to provide a little bit of something, that, or maybe it even just becomes an actual point of desperation, I'm just saying everything is on the table this season. When there's no obvious answer, when it's not Drew Locke coming into his senior year, or Chase Daniel, or Brad Smith, or Whoever it's been has been the obvious Missouri starting quarterback some years. I just don't see how you can rule out a guy with some serious, serious talent like Jabari Johnson. And in today's post-dispatch, Ben Fredrickson 
had a column about the state of Mizzou football and also some interesting thoughts about spring football in general. And he takes Missouri to task a little bit about, I guess, the debacle of this past spring game, if you want to call it that. Well, does Ben Fred actually have a point here? Let's talk about that after these quick words. Now, you may be aware that Eli Drinkwitz's philosophy when it comes to the spring game lately has been, well, let's just get it in as early as we can. Give guys, if if injuries crop up during spring football, well, that'll give them an extra a few weeks to recover for fall camp and the season, of course, which on paper actually makes a ton of sense. But the problem is the way the calendar falls here in Missouri, well, Weather not exactly reliable in mid-March, number one. And number two, well, hopefully what will be reliable in the coming years is that Dennis Gates and Missouri will be making some deep runs in March Madness with, on a regular basis. That would be nice. So a couple of those factors there, the Missouri game against Princeton and, of course, poor weather as well, force the spring football game indoors. No fans were able to see it. It was not televised, anything. Well, compare that with what Georgia is doing this weekend, for instance. Ben Fred talked about this. He says, hey, they're hosting their their G-Day scrimmage on Saturday. You can watch it on ESPN2, by the way. Pretty good coverage for Georgia, I'd say. I'm not saying that that the the uh, the deuce is going to run the black and gold game, but certainly will the SEC network? Absolutely, no question about that. Also, Tennessee, of course, making a big deal. As you might be, you might be not surprised whatsoever. There, a music festival with food trucks and all kinds of stuff. And you may, and as Ben Fred points out, actually Alabama and Auburn's coaches, respectively, Nick Saban and Hugh Freeze, have actually been talking about maybe playing a real opponent in the spring game, maybe playing an FCS team, that type of deal. Have the money, you know, go to a charitable cause, something like that, but and actually give the fans something more interesting to look at. You know, that's kind of the awkward thing about any of these inter squad, inter squad scrimmages, right? You don't know who to root for, so team <laughs> fans generally just end up rooting for the offense by default. Kind of an interesting psychological experiment there. But hey, if you're Missouri and you get to play, I don't know, Missouri State or something like that in the spring, is that? more interesting yeah it probably is but at the same time I I just don't really see that going that way because I think the the coaches already like having those FCS type games in the real season so they can get a cheap victory because guess what even though we all know it's a cheap victory five years from now you, you you always just think oh they went seven and five you never go back in the schedule at least 90 percent of people don't and actually look at who you beat you just say well it was a seven win season it was an eight win season or like if you're Missouri basketball this past season you had a really soft November that helped you get to 25 wins but again 25 wins is 25 wins that's the bottom line and how most people look at it but I do think Ben Fred has a point here I, I think if Missouri, I, I like thinking outside of the box, bucking conventional wisdom, all that good stuff. I like the general logic of, hey, let's give our guys a little bit more time, but I think maybe we've pushed it too far now. Maybe you maybe you go a week before what Georgia does or something like that. Maybe give yourself you know, an extra week 
which isn't going to mean that much over the course of a few months in terms of injuries. But I'm mostly just talking about actually taking – if you're the first team that has a spring game, I can see some value to that in terms of getting the football-starved public to maybe tune into your game, something like that. But, you know, really, for all the people who say, well, it's just a spring game, who cares? Well, the people who care are bigger and more successful programs than us, clearly, like Bama, Tennessee, Georgia – I'm sorry, if they care, Missouri should probably care too. That's my really simple analysis there. But thanks again for joining me here on Locked on Mizzou, especially to all you everydayers out there. Of course, we got more to come this week, all types of topics, whatever Mizzou football and basketball brings us. Hopefully some transfer portal news, a real player being signed. That'd be nice. But until then, I'm John Miller, and thanks as always for listening to Locked on Mizzou.